Hey, greetings, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Staredown. It's our weekly sports talk and real estate podcast among friends from around the country. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio, joined by Bill Risser, St. Petersburg, Florida, and Todd Meininger back in Cumming, Georgia. What's up, boys? Bill, we're recording on a Monday night. How was your weekend? I, any, any golf winnings? Um, no, no, not, not even close. <laughs> 77 followed by an 87. Does that sound about right for golf? That sounds about right for, for a 50 plus player. Yes. Yeah. Sounds about right. And just didn't have it going. Started off strong and faded quickly. Um, but as always, I was with the boys and it's a great time. So I never let a, a bad score get in the way of a great day on the golf course. Not anymore. Anyways, I may have when I was younger. Um, but yeah, and, and I, I had just this incredible opportunity over this past weekend, and I'm sure Todd will talk about a little bit, but I had a chance for the first time to meet Todd Meininger and, <laughs> and his entire family up front, close and personal, give Todd a hug, actually see him. He's real. He's not some avatar that has been on our screen for the last three and a half years, but uh, it was, I had a great time this weekend. Really a wonderful time. That's awesome. Todd, how you doing, bud? I'm good. Um, nothing really went on this weekend, so uh, move, move along next. No, uh, got to meet Bill. Um, really, uh, really uh, honored, pleased, um, happy uh, that uh, Bill Bill came over to see me. Um, I think I've alluded to in past podcasts. Mom's been battling um, some health issues, and she she uh, she passed away last Monday. Um, no, I'm sorry, Tuesday. It was actually Tuesday. So um, I had to rally the troops a little bit, head down to uh, Melbourne Beach, um, where we had, uh, they call it a celebration of life, which quite frankly, <laughs> I was kind of like, uh, kind of cheesy, politically correct uh, um, um, title, right? Uh, but uh, I think Bill might attest, it actually kind of felt like that, right? It was, uh, it was really kind of kind of neat. So um, yeah, really liked it, really liked it. So uh, a lot, ton went on. Uh, we could probably spend hours talking about it, uh, but uh, I, I guess as I tell people, I feel like it went um, as about as well as it could have gone. So um, I want to yeah, I want to add on to that a little big bit. Big weekend. We, we want to definitely take our time with this. Um, first of all, to sit with with Todd and Jenny and Tammy and Bob and Joe and Joe's wife um, at the bar the night before, <laughs> and to hear all the stories about your mom. You know, it was. It was one of the highlights of my life to hear, to let you share those stories with me. It could, because you think about it, the six people at the table besides me knew all the stories, right? For the most part, Todd. Sure. Yeah. But there was a newbie there who didn't know the stories and they right. came flooding out, you know, so it was awesome. And then the next day that that celebration of life was exactly what it was. It was people just telling me stuff and sharing things and, Oh my God, Sean, I got some great pictures of, of Todd on his wedding day. And when he was 13 with Harry Carey glasses, I'll share them later. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was so cool. And to meet the, to, to meet grandkids and, and to see the great grandkids and it, it uh, the, not everybody, Todd has um, a family like that. Like personally, I don't, I don't have that, that, that group, that thing. Um, Kevin never grew up with that. Uh, and I don't realize, I know they don't realize it now, but Scott and Kate, you know, one day I'm going to look back and go, man, we really had it made when we were kids, right? We had this amazing group of people and to meet all your, your brothers and sisters um, and really have a nice conversation with each one of them was, uh, was just, was just awesome. 
Yeah, it was really neat to see all six. Uh, obviously, all six kids made it. Uh, all 17 grandchildren and the two great-grandchildren, um, plus loads of friends. Um, I think the night before I told Bill, uh, I was guessing 50, thinking that there's like 35 family members. I would say there was probably, what, 75 uh, people there. Yeah, you close, close to 100 by the time, you know, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, done. So. so, yeah, it was, it was really uh, – it was awesome and it was tough. Um, so uh, – I get there. Um, when did I get there? God, days, days blurs. You probably imagine. So I got there Thursday. Jenny and I decided, um, I was, you know, found out Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, we're still making arrangements. So we just hopped in the car first thing Thursday. Well, let's go down to the beach. Um, surprise dad, which was really cool. He, uh, he, was, he, he knew we were coming for the weekend, but he didn't expect us then. Um, so later on, uh, we're, I was with, uh, Bob, my sister's husband who, you know, he's, uh, he, he drives a lot of this stuff. So he pulls me aside and said, uh, Hey, I gotta, I gotta ask you something. I said, sure. What? And he said, uh, can you, uh, speak during the celebration? <laughs> and so my immediate inside, I was like, Oh, you're kidding. No, hell no, no way. Um, but an event like this and with, uh, with Bob asking, I just said, absolutely. Yep. I'll do it. Right. Even, <laughs> even though, I was uh, looking for any reason not to. So um, Friday morning was pretty cool. Um, Bob also tapped me, hey, can you throw together a playlist, right? So I sat outside by the pool and uh, made a playlist. And then I wrote, wrote some notes. And I even texted you, Sean, you're, you're a, uh, a, a accomplished um, public speaker, which I wouldn't say I'm a public speaker. I, I can do well in groups, but it's usually more on the casual sales side. Not you're a good talker. Yeah, you're a good talker. Yeah, yeah. So um you know, I reached out to Bill the night before. Bill came in. We went out to dinner, which was awesome. Um, I could I could get zigzag, so try to keep me on point. But uh, so anyway, sitting by the pool, just I decided I wasn't going to read a speech and I wasn't going to memorize a speech, but I want to make some bullet points. And I did a pretty good job, I think, doing that. And um, when I got up there, it, it flowed a lot better than I when I thought. Uh, there's two two things uh, in retrospect I might have maybe trimmed up or changed. Um, but overall, I, I thought it it went pretty well. I was pretty happy with it. Um, how, how long did you think you talked? Remember, you said a number. Yeah, what, yeah you so thought I it was. Could, huh? I thought it was a minute, half to two minutes, and, and Bill, Bill told me it was what five, six minutes. Five, like six that. minutes. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and it was great. The, the two highlights were um, well, three highlights. One, I think Mom would have liked it. Uh, so you always kind of judge that. Um, Many people came up to me, but the two big highlights were my son came up and he uh, right away hugged me and said, dad, that was great. That's always meaningful. But the most meaningful was my dad uh, gave me uh, an attaboy and um, God, that just meant the world. And he is, um, he is uh, all things um, uh, being a father. He's a great provider. Uh, he's very loving, but he's not the best attaboy type of person, right? That's just his personality. So when he said, uh, you know, he broke down um, emotionally and just said, you know, he's, Thought mom would have loved it, and he definitely loved it. That right there, I was just like, I'm done. That's uh, that that's that's an accolade I can I can hang on to for for as long as I can. So, um, yeah, really cool, really cool day. So how's Lee doing? Lee doing good? Um, as good as can be expected. He's 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 lost right now. He's uh he's he's a little heartbroken. Um, but gosh, you married since 1956, right? It's it's uh, it's I can't imagine what he's going through. So. We're doing our best to, to rally and, and uh, you know, lift the spirits. Um, but I called him tonight uh, right before, and uh, I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm watching a Netflix series. He told me about it. He's like, he's like, I'm just wasting time. He's like, I don't know what to do. 
I don't know what to do with my time. And I said, well, that's kind of expected, right? So, um, yeah, definitely thought, uh, thoughts and prayers out, out to Lee. Um, so family-wise, it was wonderful, but really cool for Bill. we got to thank you for coming down. Meant, uh, meant the world. Uh, we, we had a great time on Friday. Uh, so Jenny and I, um, it, we picked a place close to my hotel. Um, pretty, pretty good hike from Bill's, but screw it. He, I said, good beach bar. And he said, you know, I love those places. So we went, so we hopped on a shuttle and got there early. So Jenny laughed at me because I'm drinking a beer and kept looking at my shoulder. We're at the bar waiting, looking toward the door. And she's like, it's like you've been online dating for three and a half years and you're waiting to meet him for the first time. And I go, you know what? It, it kind of feels like that, right? So <laughs> pretty close. <laughs> and the weird point is it did disappoint at all. Bill is exactly how I imagined him to be and uh, conversation flowed. And uh, it, it was like we were uh, long lost friends uh, and brothers uh, meeting up for the, for, for the first time in a long time. So it was That's awesome. Great. And can't appreciate it. And thank you enough, Bill. Um, and it was fun showing you around on, on Saturday, meeting the, meeting the crew. So. That was great, yeah. And thanks to all the listeners of the Stare Down for letting us have this moment on yeah, episode right? 202, right. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's talk sports, right? <laughs> yeah, well, hey, Bill, I was going to ask you, did you meet uh, Todd's nephew, Jake, who is yes. a sports reporter? I sure did, yeah. We got to get Jake on the show. Yeah, I mean, I think, we need yeah. Jake to be on the show, maybe maybe yeah. uh, pre college football season. Uh, Todd, I, he's graduated now. So where is he? he? He's got a job recently, right? Yeah, so he, um, he's been graduating for about nine months. Um, he had a job offer at West Georgia, just outside of Atlanta. And I don't think the, I don't think things lined up for whatever reason, but now he is, um, gosh, I wish I remembered the newspaper. I can look it up, but he's working in North Platte, Nebraska. So he's going to cover, I think 35, um, high high school teams, um, in that greater area. So it's about three miles Northeast of Denver. Um, and, uh, I imagine it's like Dylan, Texas, for those of you uh, yeah, not looking right. for Friday Night Lights. <laughs> That's awesome. I'll tell you what, we, you know, Columbus, Ohio certainly is a, a more of a metropolitan area, but um, our guy, Dave, Dave Papura is his name, and he covers all the sports for, you know, the local, kind of the local suburban news, and he's great. I mean, he, he writes up, the you know, hockey and golf and baseball and basketball, and he just does a great job and well-respected, so I'm sure Jake will start cutting his teeth and – before yeah. you know, be writing for Sports Illustrated, right? Yeah, and my, my nephew's wife uh, is from the Denver area, and she said uh, she was people fall in love with that area for whatever reason. It's one of those yeah. places. So she said, you know, hey, either you go and fall in love or you go and, you know, he goes for a couple of years and then he has a resume line and can, can look yep. elsewhere. So yep. we're, we're happy for him for sure. Awesome. So, guys, let's talk some sports, huh? Turn the, turn the conversation to what we yep. love. Um, let's start with golf. I, I, I love – I love the story. Uh, Bill, you didn't get a chance to see a lot of it because you were traveling across the state, uh, and then you played on Sunday uh, and then went to the beach uh, with your wife on Sunday to watch I that did. beautiful sunset. Man, that, that uh, picture you <laughs> sent was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Korean Sun J.M. Uh, mm. gets his first win. This kid played on the President's Cup team and played well. Uh, young kid, um, still doesn't speak a lot of English. His caddies, his translator. Um, but very impressive win on – what was, you know, score-wise, one of the hardest courses on the PGA Tour in the last, I don't know, five or ten years. I mean, it's the second uh, highest score to par other than U.S. Opens. Um, and what was that? Uh, Quicken Loans maybe was the – there was one that was also uh, in single digits, but it was, you know, just unheard of. These guys – Bill, I texted you on Saturday when you were driving back. That course was just killing them. Yeah, um, minus five, right? Lead, the lead on Saturday at five under is, is yeah. newsworthy. Yeah, and I think I think PGA only event. only one player in the last twenty two players on Saturday was um, even or under. Wow, 
you know, so wow, it's just, that's rough. just, you know, it's crazy. And then, and then obviously M comes through and goes 200 par on the bear trap, uh, 16, seven, 15, 16, 17. And then, uh, just makes a, you know, uh, Mackenzie Hughes was playing in his group and makes like a 55 footer on 17, 17 to tentatively tie for the lead. And then M who hit a seven iron about nine feet calmly rolled in the nine footer to take the one shot lead into 18 and, uh, and made, made a par there out of the bunker and um you know just a just a good win tommy fleetwood you know had the had the lead to start the day birdied the first hole and came down to the 18th hole and needed a made birdie on 17 and needed to make birdie on 18 18 par 5 reachable and i don't know if you saw the shot but he you know he went forward in two and he missed his line by 40 yards mm-hmm. i mean i can't believe he was going for that pin back right um, he plays a cut anyway, um, but he should have been aiming at the left back left bunker. Yeah. And if it sliced, he still would have been on the on the ground at least, right? I saw a, a, an interview with him where he said they did the right thing. They they that was the right club. Everything was right. There was nothing wrong with the club selection. It was just execution. And look, right. uh, under pressure, <laughs> you know, it's just what happens. Yeah. And where you hey. saw it go in the water, had it been thirty yards to the left, it would have been either front of the green. Oh yeah. Uh, or or in the bunker. Um, up and down for for a tie, and then take your chances, right? Right. So Fleetwood still well, realistic. Um, per- Go ahead, Todd. Oh, sorry, I was going to say to his credit, uh, I didn't watch any of it, but um, I read that there's complaints that someone yelled in his backswing or something. But uh, his, uh, upon his interview, you said, "No, that that I didn't even hear it. That's not why I, I just flat pulled the shot." So. I love to I, hear that. I always <laughs> like when people yeah. say that, right? Yeah, it's easy to say, yeah, some fan. Or right. Something. But he's like, no, I just pulled. <laughs> it may have affected him, maybe not 40 feet. Yeah, uh, I think I think, I think Tommy's pretty likable as far as, you know, there's, there's, there's some characters on the European tour that aren't. There was a little flap early in the day when the Golf Channel was still in coverage where Azinger, in his opening remarks, said it's time for Tommy Fleetwood to kind of either put up or shut up. You know, you can win on the European tour, but until you win on the PGA tour, uh, the European tour doesn't really mean much. And Ooh. the European tour Twitter uh, got their got their hackles up uh, and was saying, you know, who the hell's he? You know, he's he's won he's won better fields than this, you know, in the, in the last year on the European tour because um, you know a lot of the big names weren't there this week. Right. Um, but fact is that Azinger kind of called him out, and and it came true. He until he can pu- pull one out and win, uh, and this is his first time he's ever had the fifty four hole lead in in uh, on the PGA tour. Um, so we'll see. They head to Bay Hill this week. Uh, Tiger once again sitting out again, um, a course that he obviously loves and dominates on. So we'll, Rory's Rory's a big favorite, right? Yeah, Rory will be a big favorite. I think um, uh, Justin Rose will be, uh, you know, probably, probably someone who who uh, plays well there. And then some of the young guys, Ricky. You know, Ricky won there last year, right? Or no, uh, no, um, no. He won at Bay Hill, right? Francisco I mean, it, yeah. Molinari won last year. Yeah. Um, one, one more golf note, guys, uh, I just want to bring up, um, Bernard Longer won his 41st <laughs> champions event, uh, pulls him into second place all time, 41, not, he's still four short of the all time winningest player on the champions tour. Either you guys know who it might be? Is it Bob Charles? It is not. Ah, that's a guess. Don't know. Irwin. Say it again. Hale Irwin. It is Hale Irwin. 45 ah. times. Yes. Wow. Um, yeah, pretty impressive. So, anything else on golf, guys? We are 
two weeks away from the from the players. Obviously, Bay Hill is a great tune-up and just a beautiful course. That finish there with 16, the reachable par five, really reachable. I mean, these guys can hit it with five irons, depending on how they hit it down the pipe. 17, that really difficult par par three, and then 18, that gorgeous par four over the water. Um, there's been some drama on that hole with Robert Gamez hitting it in, and uh, you know, kind of just great great finish there. And obviously, without Arnold, there it's a little different, but. Uh, should be a great match. Uh, let's turn to hockey. Billy, boy, your uh, your your lightning can't catch a break. Stamkos out for eight weeks, um, but it's, every time they start playing good, Boston just <laughs> just will not. I mean, Boston is unbelievable this year. Yeah, they uh, like the Lightning after winning thirteen in a row, lost four in a row, which I, I guess could be expected. But but they did get the win. They broke that uh, uh, not last night, maybe the night before. Uh, but yeah, Stamkos out six to eight. He's always had issues with injuries. You know, that's a he's not going to be back until potentially the second round. So they're going to get through the first round, and we know what happened last year in the first round for the Lightning. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> some some scrappy little team from the middle of Ohio decided to throw a monkey wrench into the Lightning's championship plans. They but, did right now in the in the uh, in the Atlantic, Boston, Tampa, Toronto. Good to see Toronto up there. Uh, hmm. They've they've struggled, so good to see them in the in that third spot, but they are precariously close to falling to the wild card. Um, Washington, Philly, uh, and Pittsburgh. And then the, the wild card right now, New York Islanders and Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, a couple games ahead of Carolina, a couple points ahead of Carolina. But like I said, Toronto and Pittsburgh, um, precariously close to dropping down, although Toronto kind of lucking out by being in the Atlantic. Um, so really Pittsburgh, New York, Columbus and Carolina kind of all fighting for those last three spots. And then at Westville, uh, St. Louis, Colorado, Dallas, and then Vegas, Edmonton, and Calgary with Vancouver. And then don't look now, but Nashville in that, in that mm. eighth spot, uh, been struggling all season, but that's a, that's a team and a town that can really turn it on and uh, would probably not be a, a team. A lot of people would want to play in the first round, much like the blue jackets last year. Great. Thanks. <laughs> Um, NBA, uh, not much change. Milwaukee just playing an unbelievable basketball. They have a 10-game lead in the East. Uh, Toronto, Boston, Miami. Todd, good news for your Hawks, though. They are up three spots. They are third from the bottom now. They are no longer in the bottom. Cleveland <laughs> yeah. Cavaliers. That's great news. They're almost out of the relegation. Still, <laughs> still in the relegation, right? Yeah. <laughs> but above the, above the Knicks and above Cleveland. And then out west, you got the Lakers, uh, the uh, Denver the Clippers and Houston and um, interesting. If you look just outside of the playoffs right now, kind of an interesting race, um, the Pelicans, the Kings and the Spurs all tied uh, in that ninth spot um, about a game and a half out. And so, you know, as it is sometimes the case, the, the position, the pole position for eighth is, is, you know, the, the fight for eighth is sometimes a challenge and it really just depends on which team can give the Lakers maybe a match and, well, steal. let's see. It's not. It might not be the Pelicans because LeBron, man, uh, I just saw highlights of both games. I didn't get a chance to watch any of either. You know, any any of either of the games. But uh, the the much heralded LeBron Williamson matchup. You know, twice in a week, and LeBron. People that know LeBron well are saying it was a different LeBron. I mean, he's been kind of like welcoming to Luca and Ja. You know, yeah. he's been kind of like, hey, but it's different with Zion because Zion's supposed to be the guy that could replace him. He's this mm-hmm. next guy, right? And uh, LeBron took it to him 
uh, yeah. both games, even though Williamson had 35 last night. He got beat by John Morant, though, and he, he gave him some yeah. kudos after the game. He did. He did. This guy so, is, is for real. Yeah. But John Morant's not, not, not a LeBron type, right? He's a guard. No. So it's, no, yeah, sure. he, it's, but it's, you know, Zion's supposed to be, he's that LeBron, you know, guy. So he, uh, he did compliment him after the first game. He said he's going to be a great player. He's a great player now. He's going to get in. He's going to get better. But uh, but he went after him, and there, I mean, there were a couple of highlights I saw where he um, kind of went hard at him just to say, "Hey, I don't care how big you are. I don't care, well, I don't care how high you leap. I, I can take it to you." He had a one drive where five or six dribbles between the legs. You know, LeBron can do it, shake and bake a little bit, and then just put his shoulder into him and drove in for a layup. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, <laughs> the king. The king is still the king." Wow. Yeah. Very nice. Um, NCAA, you guys have a chance to watch any games. It's starting to heat up. It's really kind of fun watching some of the college games. Kansas moves up to the, a unanimous number one after um, after Baylor's second loss in the last two weeks. Gonzaga, number two. How about Dayton Flyers, number three? We'll be topping. We'll be topping. Uh, Baylor, four. San Diego State, five. Hanging right in there. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky uh, wins their 49th SEC championship. 49 wow. <laughs> SEC championships. Wow. Um, first one since 2016, 2017. Um, Florida State, Seton Hall, Maryland, and Louisville round out your top your top 10. Uh, eight Big Ten schools in the top 25. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, like I think four of the top, four of numbers, or five teams between numbers 18 and 25 or something like that. So bottom heavy uh, in that league. But um, one, one note, Todd, I, I thought you'd appreciate – I don't know if you saw it over the weekend, um, Chris Jackson, also known mm. as Mahmoud Abdul Rauf, yeah, uh, got his got his uh, banner hung in the LSU huh? Center. Yeah, they they retired yeah. his jersey. And uh, as a father, Todd, if you have a chance, go on ESPN and watch his little um, uh, speech he gives at halftime. It's really moving. Um, oh yeah, please, yeah, yeah. Remind me. He grew up without a father, and he he talks about. Um, you know, he talked about, I grew up without a father, and then he kind of broke down, and the crowd clapped and gave him some time to compose himself. And then he, he said he always worked hard because he wanted to have a family himself. And then he broke down again. His family all gathered around him. And it's really cool, mm-hmm. I, I, you know. But, um, you know, yeah. Todd, I don't know if you were there. Were you there when Shaq and, and you know. And, Chris Roberts? Uh, Chris Jackson? Uh, um, oh, yeah. But Stanley, Stanley Roberts. Stanley Roberts. Stanley Roberts. So, Bill, I was, I was going to jump in. Uh, Sean and I went to the O'Connell Center, affectionately known as the O-Dome. Um, there were two sophomores named Stanley Roberts and Shaquille O'Neal and a true freshman, <laughs> then named Chris Jackson, soon to be uh, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, right? And I, right. I hope I'm not butchering that name. I have a tendency to do that, but I think I got it right. The true freshman scored 53 against <laughs> Florida. And, and, I'm uh, taking it that uh, the Tigers won the game. So think about it. You have Shaq to worry about, and Stanley Roberts. I don't know. He's not as um, memorable, but he was seven three. So wow. he had two wow. two seven footers and this uh, six foot one. I mean, he everything he threw up went in. It was it was amazing to watch. I, if yeah, if I, I remember I, that game, you know, we we got there early because we sat down the first two rows and we heckle them and we you know cheer <laughs> we try we try tryouts or during <laughs> during, during warm ups and by, by about halfway through the the uh, second half, Bill. We were all just clapping and just like, holy shit, this guy's torching us. I mean, yeah. it was it was pretty impressive. Respect, gear and respect. For sure. yeah, oh that's God. cool. That's a great story. Yeah. I do remember that. Yep, that was fun. Um, not, not much happening in baseball, Bill. I'll, I'll defect to you as far as anything's happening. I do have two, two quick uh, uh, items of, of note to pass on, but I'll, I'll let you talk about the, the play on the field if you've seen anything. 
Yeah, nothing yet. Where you know starters are still just maybe getting the two innings in now. Currently, it's a whole lot of let's look at you know the some of the minor league call ups and you know it'll get a little more exciting. I'd say middle of March, uh, maybe yeah. th- second week of March, we'll have a lot of the players going a little bit deeper. But yep. some injury injury news, you know, typically is what you're worried about here. And so you got Stanton pulling a calf or something, which doesn't help the Yankees at all. You got Severino, who you know struggled through a little issue last year, gone yep. for the year. So those are big deals. Um, and then I think you know you've got just the 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 ongoing saga of the Astros, which this is never going away. It's going to go throughout the entire season. We're going to talk about it all year. Yeah, a little uh, less in the headlines right now because there's other things to talk about. But obviously, right. once you start getting closer to the to start, um, one of the things I was going to say the, the the story. If you guys haven't seen it, you got to go on Sports Center. We just watched the video clip. Uh, Trevor Bauer, who was with the Indians, mm. Reds. Um, did you see what he did today? He was announcing. He was telling the batters, "I'm throwing a fastball." Like, he oh, was, that's awesome! Like they do to the, the catcher glo- in the bullpen. They're just telling. Yeah, him. the glove. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he, he threw exactly what he fastball. He threw he exactly what he called. Yeah. Yep. And he, so he just was announcing his pitches, and they were, and they, and um, and what had they do? Jim, Jim Day, the voice of the Reds, is in the in in the dugout talking to Derek Dietrich, and he says like, "What's going on with your buddy?" And he goes, "Well, you know, Trevor Bauer." He goes, "I don't know if you've heard about this, but there was a a sign stealing uh, episode that happened last year over, over the summer." And then, you know, and he's just making <laughs> smart ass. And he goes, "Well, Trevor's not really happy about it." So he just figured one of the ways he can get ahead of it is just by telling the people what he's going to throw. And if they're better than him, then he's going to tip his hat to him. But it, but you know, not many wow. people are better than him. That's awesome. Just, it was funny. He, he, he's a wise ass. Yeah. You know, like in the Meininger family, he's not, he's not like Steve or John. He's more of a Todd. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Well played. Um, and the other one, Todd, a uh, shout out to you. Uh, <clears throat> Chipper Jones has announced he's going to be an analyst for ESPN this year, which I think is a great uh. hire. Uh, he's a great storyteller. He's that funny guy he, from Jacksonville, played at Bowles. Loves um, it. He's a Gator. He's a but, Gator fan, for sure. Larry Larry Chipper Jones. And, um, y- you know, I'm sure he's probably looking at the nice contract that Tony Romo just signed. <laughs> well, and his buddy his buddy Smoltz uh, has done real well, right? Real well. And, yeah, well. Yeah, Smoltz is really good, yeah. And, he and listen, he, he was recently married. He's a family guy. I think he's got five sons. I mean, I'm, I'm, I can't wait any year now. You're going to see, you know. One of his boys probably start raking, but um, it's been what a couple, five, six, seven years. So I just wonder if he's ready to do something, right? You know, ready to because uh, he's a huge hunter. Um, he owns property in, I believe it's Kansas. Um, him and Adam LaRoche had a. Had I think it's a, in North Platte, Nebraska. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> so um, anyway, they had a company together, a hunting company. But um, so YouTube, who's the redheaded announcer? Is it sh- John, um, John Shambi. help me out. Uh, oh. John Shambi. John Shambi, right? Shambi, yeah. He's great. He's so great. There's, a, there's, a, uh, there's a great story uh, that Chipper was on. Uh, he was a, like, you know, how they fill in, in like innings. Well, they're in Atlanta. And um, Shambi said, hey, Chipper, you've forgiven me yet? And he goes, no, I'll never forgive. And so he goes, okay, tell the story. Long story short, uh, Shambi um, noticed that Chipper was getting thrown a lot of breaking balls. And he told Chipper, hey, you're getting thrown a lot of breaking balls first pitch. And uh, Chipper was just like, God, I hate it when people tell me stuff, you know, blah, blah, blah. They fast forward to his first at bat and the biggest dripping blood, USDA prime, first ball, fastball, <laughs> center of the plate, gets <laughs> thrown over for perfect strike. And Chipper steps out of the back bat, batting box and looks up to the uh, announcer's book, the announcer's booth, and the disdain and look of wanting to kill 
is on his face. So if he was never told that, that probably would have been in the in the seats in left field, right? Um, oh, I'm sorry, in right field, being a lefty. So anyway, uh, just a great little story. I think he'll do just fine as a uh, yeah. As a color I, I do too. I think I think he's he's just a good guy and and well respected, well spoken. Obviously, played the game the right way, uh, you know. And and um, I think it'll be it'll be neat to watch. And I you know I just think you know the evolution of not just finding any former athlete, but someone that can talk to the fans. And you know, that's what got to be a fit. There's got to be a fit. Yeah. yeah, that's what I think people love about Romo is that he he tells you what's going to happen from a layman standpoint, but he can also make sure you understand he's not just guessing, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So, all right, uh, Tana, soccer, big news. Why don't you tell us about what happened this week? Uh-oh. Yeah, d- didn't get to didn't get to watch it. Um, I was busy on Saturday, but um, Liverpool's unbeaten streak come to came to a, a crashing halt. Uh, and, and you know they'll be fine in the um, Premier League. Um, <laughs> they'll be fine. <laughs> although they were changing, chasing some records, and uh, Arsenal did a little nice troll job on on Twitter because oh. apparently in 03 and 04 they had a longer winning streak. So you know the Dolphins kind of thing. Champagne yeah, was cracked yeah, open. Yeah, uh, awesome. But again, they'll be fine. But more importantly, uh, Watford was 19th, and they were in the relegation zone, and they now jumped out. Uh, they are currently standing 17th. So I believe it's. Uh, uh, Bournemouth is 18th. The West Ham United is 19th, and Norwich City uh, from Wales. They're they're uh, they're the ones who have the uh, the biggest. They're they're probably going to go down. So they're, they're the point differential is getting too large for them to to escape. So did they? Uh, pretty is, interesting. Did they play a not their starter starting lineup? Their A team against uh, Watford. Um, is there a they, chance they might have rested a couple of guys or let them have the day off? So I mean I think uh, I think we looked um, and of the eleven starters I believe um, at least eight uh, maybe even nine were regulars so they had okay. maybe one no they had two or three fill in guys but the guys filling in were it wasn't uh, it wasn't U twenty ones they were bringing up to okay. uh, play F A Cup match and, and get get their you know teeth cut a little bit so now it's, they just got beat and uh, took a while, but it finally happened. So we mm. interesting to see uh, how they rebound. But again, I think they'll be just fine. Um, they can win the premier league and they're still live in the champions league uh, tournament. So they got, they got a lot to play for. Great. Great. And uh, Todd, not a huge uh, uh, fan of it, but MLS season started this weekend and uh, your boys in Atlanta went to a, a new, a new team. And a pretty impressive turnout there in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, jump on board, man. MLS is fun, Sean. Um, you got a you got a squad, the Columbus Crew. Sure, yeah. Um, just start, you know. I, I get it if you're not a huge soccer guy, but kind of keep put on the background. Oh, no, I, I watch them. Yeah, they won this, right? yeah. won this weekend. Yeah. yeah, Columbus had a great weekend. Blue Jackets won. Buckeyes beat Michigan, and the Crew won. Yeah. So, so love them or hate them, or kind of like me in between. Uh, Clay Travis, uh, I saw a post on Twitter, and he was. Um, saying he, how impressed he was for National Soccer Club, which I'm not familiar with their nickname or title, but them and the uh, the Predators, the hockey team, are both selling out. He's like, the city's just way, way behind these guys. And um, soccer, MLS, soccer's taken off. It's getting a lot more support uh, than maybe it was 15, 20 years ago. So, um, yeah. yeah they, so they, they sold out Titan Stadium, right? Nashville's Titan yeah, uh, yeah. Stadium. Wow, that's impressive. Uh, Orlando yeah, City's doing well at Camping World. Um, yeah, I don't know if they're sure. selling it out, but. Atlanta regularly sells out uh, the Mercedes-Benz, but I believe, and again, I've, I've not been following as close as I, as, I, uh, as I should be, but I think uh, Joseph, uh, Atlanta's, um, their striker, their star player, 
I think he's out for the uh, the season. I think he had an injury in that Nashville game. So, um, bad 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 news. But uh, hopefully, you know, wish him a speedy recovery. Um, but yeah, he's the he's their goal scorer. So, um, unfortunately, like all sports, it's next man up, right? So, well, if our listeners are, are MLS fans, tweet us out at Staredowncast and let us know. Say more MLS talk, and we'll <laughs> we'll, put Todd, we'll put Todd we'll put Todd on the pitch report, and he can. Oh, uh, oh no, that means Todd will lead off. Total lead off. So, all right, guys, good, good wrap up. And I know it uh, was a long drive for you, Todd, home yesterday. And uh, uh, let's go around the horn and see what's going on. Todd, you're obviously back in catch up mode. Uh, I'm sure your, your, your coworkers and your management team has been very supportive of you. Uh, but, but I know uh, for you, it's time to jump back into action. What, what do you got coming up this week? Yeah, 100% correct. Um, uh, there was a nice uh, bouquet of flowers sent by my company, which I, you know, just a nice touch, right? Really, really good. Um, so, yeah, I'm in dig out mode uh, today. Spent, you know, digging out and I'll do similar tomorrow. And then Wednesday, Thursday, it's um, head south. I'm going to, I'm going to hit the Macon, Valdosta, um, South Atlanta areas. So it's going to be a whirlwind uh, two day tour, but um, got our, got our bi-weekly meeting on Friday. So, uh Again, the, the the digging out is putting me a little behind, but uh, I'll do the best I can. And uh, looking forward to meeting some uh, meeting some of the customers and uh, you know generating sales is what's what we do. What about you, Bill? Uh, I'm off to New Smyrna Beach first thing in the morning. Going to be staying uh, on the beach at Spring Hill Suites. Spring Hill Suites on the beach. Yeah. You know where it's at. I've uh, been there. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got a busy day tomorrow. Actually, the sales exec there, Judy Riker. Uh, one of our long, longest-termed uh, sales execs really does a great job of putting together some people for me to meet. I'm really excited about tomorrow. I do some work with a builder on Wednesday. Uh, sorry, yeah, Wednesday. And then I'm going something different. I'm going to my very first podcasting conference this weekend in Orlando. Oh, yeah, it's wow. Called, it's called like, Pod, like pod, like, uh, pod, pod camp or It's called PodFest. And okay, it's a cool. six, six year. The guy that runs it is uh, actually out of Tampa. Um, so, uh, I, a, fr- a good friend of mine who was number f- the 40th podcaster ever, Evo wow. Terra out of Phoenix will be there. So I get to see him. Cindy's going with me on the trip over. We're going to stay at the uh, Marriott international right there off of I four. I might drive. Tr- we'll, yeah. yeah. I drive. We'll truck over to Disney for a little bit. And, um, so I'm looking forward to listening to a lot of really smart people talk about podcasting. So and that's appropriate. Tell me something you're looking to try and uh, pick up. I think, I think. You know, for the how do you get new guest hosts, right? How do you get new co-hosts? <laughs> how to how to let people go uh, gently? No, <laughs> no. I, I want to. I think I want to pick up some. Um, I want to talk to some marketing people, pick their brain about maybe ratcheting up what I'm doing with the real estate sessions. And I also, I know this is way out there, but Sean, have you you listen to a lot more podcasts than I do? Mm-hmm. Do you know of a single podcast in the real estate space that tells? that the episodes are done narrative style. Now I'll explain what that is first, but like this, we, I do an interview show, pure interview, right? Conversation. Do you have people that just go on and talk and share what they know monologue, right? But a narrative is going to be like those true crime stories where the way I envision it, like I will do this with you one day, Sean, where I'm going to interview you again, but I'm also going to interview Rhonda about when you first met. And I'm going to interview Todd about, your college years. And I'm going to ask you to identify a few customers that you've done great work with. I want to talk to them. I want to talk to your first broker. I want to, I, and then I piece together from that 
this this narrative story where we hear you talk. It's like listening to an E60 on ESPN, right? Documentary style, right? Docu- yeah, where like I, when I talk, I'm talking to the audience about you and I, yeah. I interject the conversations I had with these people. Now, it's a ton of work. It is a yeah. The editing would be you'd have to you'd almost have to storyboard it out. But it's kind of a cool cool idea, Bill. Because once again, you're you're um, who's doing that in the real estate space? Is well, nobody that? because it, it would be a, you know I don't know if you do a monthly show or if you do a I was going to say once a, a month, seven or eight, right? I mean, seven or eight yeah. episode yeah you know, story where you yeah. know on next you know on next week's show, Sean you know Sean and Rhonda you know I mean you Sean, could. The, Sean the purple porpoise years right. So, there you go. But but I, th- I thought about that. It could be maybe I just say it's five episodes. It's a five episode arc, and and you know you you, you just kind of I don't know. I'd make them ten minutes, fifteen minutes. It don't have to be thirty. Yeah. You know, and then just have people coming back and listening. It, it would be it's something I'm going to talk about a podcast as well. Um, find some of these people that are doing that style of show. And well, you know who does a great job with that is you know once again with the money he has and the and the backing and the editing is you know um, Malcolm Gladwell. You know, I mean, right. he tells a story, yep. you know, in, in, in that. And, and then the other, the shorter end of the spectrum is, uh, Mike Rowe, you know, yeah. the way I heard it, you know, and he tells a story like a Paul Harvey yeah, and he, then has clips coming in, right? Well, he, no, he just dies. Oh, he he pulled the clips in. Okay. He writes a story in his own words and yeah. tells like a 10 or 12 or 13 minute story. Yeah. And, at the very end, he reveals who he's talking about. You gotcha. Know? Yeah. And that's so the guy I, you knew as Ronald Reagan, you know, or right. Well, I'd love to, you know, in our space, do that sort of a thing. Cause I could, in fact, you know, I even sent a little note out to Molly McKinley. I'd love to kind of work with the, the undisruptables. What if you did one of those for each of the undisruptables in that video? Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of interesting, right? So, wow. but it's a yeah. lot of work. It's a lot it of work. It is a lot of work. So you have to figure out who's the right person to tell this. And, you know, what's the story you're trying to tell? Absolutely. There's a lot of research. The the good news is I've done a lot of research on most of those people already. At least I've started it at a level and I know a lot about them just from the show. So it'd be kind of fun to piece it together. But I listened to a great, um, the, the Drew Bledsoe East, um, you know, 30 for 30 or East 60 with Jeremy Schapp on the, uh, his show this Sunday driving to golf. And it, it is a, it is an incredible story, you know, how Bledsoe, first of all, went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, but then nearly died. I mean, he nearly died after that hit. Um, mm, the, I didn't first, know that. Yeah. yeah, that game against the Jets in the hospital. Uh, I mean, he he uh, he had fractured, collapsed a lung, and severed an artery, in, in ter- wow. and he was bleeding out inside. They didn't know it. Wow. Um, fortunately, someone said, "You got to go to the do- hospital." They took him. Otherwise, he he probably would have died driving home that night. Let me tell a quick Bledsoe story before <laughs> we talk about the uh, stare down sessions, Bill. But um, yeah. it was a great article years and years and years ago. Obviously, when they were both active players in sports illustrated on um, cheapskate at athletes, you know, that most of us look at athletes and they're spending money and they have posses and they yeah. have big houses and big cars. And, yeah. they, and they, and they talked about, they're not really cheapskates. They're more frugal. Barry Sanders mm. and Drew Bledsoe were two of the guys they spotlighted. Barry Sanders, he was, you know, his, his dream when he made it to the NFL was to get a Jaguar and he pulled up at practice in like a 1977 Jaguar or something like that with like 45,000 miles. <laughs> a on used one. <laughs> and his, his teammates were like, what are you doing? He's like, I just wanted a Jaguar. I didn't say I needed a new one. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. um, Drew Bledsoe flew his mom out from, you know, uh, Eastern Washington Mm -hmm. uh, to a game in Boston, picked him, picked her up at the airport. And uh, the whole way home, he, he was complaining about how uncomfortable the car was, the the car seat. And he's like, you know, she's like, you're an NFL player. Now you should have a nice car instead of this Jeep. And when she got to the, his house or his apartment, when she climbed out of the seat, there was four or five crumpled up pieces of paper in the seat. That's why she was so uncomfortable. 
they were his game paychecks that he had just thrown in the <laughs> that he had just thrown in the passenger seat, not worried about cashing. <laughs> and you can imagine the size of a game paycheck even yep. back then. Yeah, even back then. thousand dollars, eighty thousand dollars, whatever you know. Yeah, and, and he just crumpled them up and not worried about it, you know, because he wasn't. Yeah. Bill, remind me, Bill, you said the, we talked about the Ricky Henderson check. Oh story. yeah. Yeah. Ricky expect. Henderson framed his first paycheck and accounting had to call him and, and say, Ricky, it. Ricky. Yeah. They, they, where's the check? You haven't put it in the bank. He goes, ah, I framed it. It's on my wall. It's my first paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> so Ricky being well, Rick, Ricky. Ricky being Ricky. Yeah. Ricky being awesome. Ricky. So yeah. Who's on your show this week? Uh, this week it's the Austin board of realtor CEO, Emily Chenever. Looking forward to it. Yeah. She did some great stuff at Inman. We talk about that. Um, she's got a great story about her, her son and kidney disease when he was born, having to have a transplant at the age of two. Mm. Can you imagine? Mm. Um, so it's great. She's really, uh, full of energy. It's a great episode. So, uh, awesome. And where, where will you be this week? Did you say that? Or? Yeah, I'll be, I'll be uh, yeah. uh, over on the East coast and then off to Orlando for Podfest. Yeah. Okay. So, Spring Hill Suites, baby. <laughs> great. Well, for me, it, you know, my, one of those weeks that when you first look at it, you're like, cool, I got nothing on my schedule this week. Ah, uh, be careful what Uh-oh. you say. And before you know it, it's all, you know, it's already starting to fill up. Tomorrow's actually a nice day to hit a ton of my to-do list. Um, uh, and then, I, you know, a closing that was going to happen on Friday's got moved up to, to Wednesday, put two of my listings in contract this last two days, which is always, always, uh, a treat. Um, and then, uh, you know, just a, just a good week to kind of get things ready for the, the March is busy, you know, after spring break, I've got, you know, Nashville, then Buffalo, then Detroit, then right to Nashville again. And, you know, so it's just, uh, things are going to start rolling, but before you know, I I'm just hear a cash register going off on each one of those. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. I just hear a lot of, hey, a lot hey, of travel. Cash those checks. Man. A lot of travel. So let's, uh, let's make sure, uh, yeah. I just, just got a call from, uh, from Wisconsin to go to the Dells in nice. Uh, in, the Dells is nice. You ever been there? Hopefully in the summertime. Summertime? So, yeah. Good. Looking forward to it. But hey, guys, great talking to you, Todd. Good to have you back in the saddle. Um, and uh, I know uh, I've said it before, but I'm sure mom's looking down. She's very proud of you. And, um, you know, uh, from what it sounds like is you you made me proud as well with a with a pretty cool uh, ultra-in-your-hand eulogy. I thought that was that was awesome. <laughs> very nice. So, hey, on behalf Thanks, of man. Bill and Todd. Thank you. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio. Thanks for listening to The Stare Down.